Well, could I give you a warm welcome to everybody this evening to our worship, to those here and those who are online and any who are visiting with us. And we pray that the Lord's blessing would lead and guide us. We're going to begin our worship by singing to God's praise in Psalm 25, the first verse of the Psalm, page 231. And we're going to sing verse 1 through to 7. To thee I lift my soul, O Lord, I trust in thee. My God, let me not be ashamed, nor foes triumph for me. Let none that wait on thee be put to shame at all, but those that without cause transgress, let shame upon them fall. And so on to the end of the verse, March 7. To thee I lift my soul.
Shall we join together in prayer? Let us pray. O Lord, we would covet the influence of thy Holy Spirit upon us, so that when we come together, we may come in his Spirit, confessing that there is none like unto thee, no, not one, Thou art God of very God. Thou art the High and Holy One who inhabits eternity. O Lord, we pray that Thou wouldst be with us each one, giving us the grace of faith to put our trust implicitly upon Thee, acknowledging that we are a people who are dependent upon Thee, but we are a people who can exercise the spirit of grace and faith because the Lord Jesus Christ has entered upon our experience. He came into this world to ransom a people to himself, to deliver us from all our sin and all our iniquities, and to give us the grace to walk in the way that thou wouldst have us go, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank thee, our God, for all the blessings that are ours in the gospel, for we know that we are deserving of nothing of thee, for all our wounds and putrefied sores, all our sins are only deserving of thy wrath and of thy curse. But we plead the merits of Christ. For it is he who came into this world, who took upon himself our sin and all its guilt, even the very punishment and wrath of God for our sin. And he experienced that forsakenness of his Father. O oh Lord, we cannot begin to calculate the price that was paid for our redemption. We know it's the blood of the everlasting covenant. And we do thank thee for the grace of faith that enables us to believe this. And yet, O oh Lord, in believing it, we know we come far short of accepting it all. O oh Lord, help us, we pray thee not only to confess our failings and our shortcomings, these are many. We who were deserving of thy wrath and curse have been liberated and set free, so much so that, as the Apostle says, there is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. We ask of thee then to help us each one, to acknowledge before thee that who is a God like unto thee who passes by the transgression of the remnant of thine heritage. We would pray thy blessing upon us as a congregation. Thou dost know the needs that we have. And we do thank thee that the promises of the Lord Jesus Christ are yea and amen in him. For he has promised never to leave us nor to forsake us. 
No matter what valley we go through in life's journey, what trouble afflicts us, it is good to know that the Lord Jesus will not forsake. He will not give up on his people. He is the one who promises day by day, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And though we may have many enemies, the enemies of our souls, the enemies of the Church of Christ, the enemies of thy people, yet we do thank thee that no one can pluck thy people from thine hand. They are secure in Christ. Therefore, Lord, we pray that thou would give us as in the congregation an assurance of thy love. Remember those in the congregation whose hearts are very heavy. We pray thy blessing upon each and every one of them. We remember those, O Lord, who have lost loved ones in recent times. We think of Anne and Rory, and we pray that the memories of a loved one taken from them would be a blessing to them. We think of Tommy Cook's family, and we pray for them. We pray for Mary and Joan and Anne and all the wider family there. Thou hast visited us as a congregation in the taking to thyself two of our elders beloved by the congregation and by their families. And Lord, we pray that thou wouldst raise up others who will take their place to lead in the cause of Christ in this part of thy vineyard. We remember Fahi and all his loved ones. We commend them each one to thee and pray that thou wouldst close them in with thyself. May they be surrounded with the love of Christ and assured of that promise to themselves. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. To others in the congregation who may be going through difficult times because of illness or old age, infirmity, Lord, we do thank thee that thou wilt bless according to thine own promise. We pray for the work of the congregation within the community. We pray for our own rising generation, for our young people. We pray for those who have been busy studying. We commend them all to thee and pray that thou wouldst help them. And we would ask of thee, O Lord, that for a rising generation, that thou wouldst hold and protect them from the evil one. O Lord, help us, we pray thee, to bow before thee in humble adoration of the God who is full of grace, full of mercy, long-suffering, kindness for excellence. Lord, hear us then. Take away all offence and do thou love us freely in Christ. For we ask it in his name. Amen. I want us to read in the Old Testament in the book of Psalms and Psalm 139 
Psalm 139 and we're going to read the whole of the psalm. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, ye know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your presence, from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be as night, be night. Even the darkness is not to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were for, that, for, that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them how precious to me are your thoughts O God how vast is the sum of them if I would count them they are more than the sand I awake and I am still with you Oh, that you would stay the wicked, that you would slay the wicked, O oh God. O oh, man of, bloody, of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who, have, who hate you, O oh Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you. I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be in me, in, sorry, see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting Amen and may God bless to us that reading of his word and to his name be all the praise we're now going to sing in Psalm 27 
Psalm 27 in the traditional version, page 236, and we're going to sing verses 7 through to verse 11. O Lord, give ear unto my voice when I do cry to thee. Upon me also mercy have, and do thou answer me. When thou didst say, Seek in my face, then unto thee reply, Thus did my heart, above all things, thy face, Lord, seek will I. And we're going to sing on to the end of the verse, Mark 11. O Lord, give ear unto my voice. Chapter 1, reading verses 1 to 5, verse 16. 
First Peter chapter 1 Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who are elect exiles of the dispensation in the dispersion in Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood may grace be multiplied to you Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his great mercy he has caused us to be chosen be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being made are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time in this you rejoice though now for a little while if necessary you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith more pre- precious than a gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ though you have not seen him you love him though you do not now see him you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory obtaining the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls concerning this salvation the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully inquiring what person or time the spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look therefore preparing your minds for action and being sober minded set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance but as he who has called you is holy so also be holy in all your conduct since it is written you shall be holy for I am holy and so on and may God bless to us that further reading of his word and to his name be all the praise now we're going to sing in Psalm 143 the second verse in Psalm 143 the second verse in and we're going to sing from verse 7 
through to verse 12. From verse 7. Lord, let my prayer prevail, to answer it make speed. For lo, my spirit doth fail, hide not thy face in need. Lest I be like to those that do in darkness sit, or him that downward goes into the dreadful pit. And so on to the end of the Vassam. Lord, let my prayer prevail.
just before we turn to God's word, can we join together in the word of prayer again? Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We travel through a very dark world, but we do thank thee for the illumination that we have the understanding given to us through thy truth and how we ought to exercise these lives of ours in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. O Lord, thou hast shown to us the way and we do thank thee that thy word speaks so clearly that thou art the way, the truth and the life and that no one can come unto thee except by him. So, Lord, we pray that thou wouldst bless the ministry of thy word this day throughout our nation, throughout our land, and to the uttermost parts of the sea. We pray that thou wouldst give, liber give liberty unto thy servants, whom thou hast called to proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ. We pray that many ears would be unstopped, that hearts would be opened, that the blind may see, that the only hope that any one of us have for life everlasting is by faith in Jesus Christ. We recognize our short feelings. We recognize that, as of thy servant before, who said, Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. We pray for the nations of the world. We commend to thee those nations that are war-torn, those nations that come under great conflict. We pray that thou wouldst come and bring peace on earth and goodwill to all men. And that especially for our own nation, we would be found calling upon thee to come and to lead those who are the leaders and the politicians of our generation, those who enforce certain laws that we know are an offence to thee, O Lord, we pray that as a nation we would come back to the Bible and that we would confess as a nation that yes, we have gone astray, but there is hope if we believe in Christ. So as we turn to thy word this evening, help us to have an understanding of it, and more especially that we would lay it up in our hearts and practice it in our lives. Go before us then, forgiving all offence, loving us in Jesus. Amen. I want us to turn to our Old Testament reading in the book of Psalms in Psalm 139. And I want us to read again the last two verses. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. 
and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting this psalm is full of great conflict for us the conflict being that we know as believers in Christ if we are that this evening we know this that God knows everything and that's not just theology teaching it is what the Spirit of God has taught us and enabled us to believe at the very beginning of the psalm let me read these words O Lord thou hast searched thou hast searched me and known me that's a tremendous expression of God's understanding of you and I we cannot duck and dive from the knowledge that God has of each and every one of us we are exposed at every single level and we know that such exposure if things were known about us all individually or collectively we'd probably be full of great shame but not everything is known by our neighbour or by our friends but yet much might be known but that ought not to be our concern our concern should be that we know that God knows we cannot hide from him and the psalmist is certainly right out in front there in acknowledging that God knows everything about him it's a fearful thought at times isn't it that God knows he knows the in secret intents of our hearts we know what is on our mind he knows what we might be plotting whether it be good or evil everything is known by God even before we open our mouths he knows what we are going to say and I'm sure there are many times when you would say to yourself I wish I hadn't said that I wish I hadn't spoken like that to a friend or even to somebody who is not necessarily my friend someone who might upset me the Lord knows the tongue of man and how it can govern us like James says it's like the rudder of a ship we know only too well that the tongue can steer us in an awful direction but the psalmist goes through and we don't have time to go through the whole of the psalm this evening but I want to highlight what I think is the psalmist expressing the tested life of the believer how the believer has been tested and the good thing about that is God knows whatever test the believer might go through 
Whatever trial of faith, as the Apostle Peter would express it, God knows every single thing. Maybe you would see it as a negative thing, but I do believe as one grows older in the faith that there can't be a better understanding of God than that he knows each and every one of us. The psalmist starts off this psalm by saying, Lord, you have searched me and known me. And he concludes with these words, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Now, how many of us, I wonder, would open our hearts out, up, even to those who are our closest friends, and express everything that is lying there, maybe partially dormant. But here is a man who I would classify as a spiritual giant and living very close to God. It can't be a very easy prospect to ask God, whom I said, I've already said, he knows every single thing about us, but for the believer to acknowledge that not only that God knows us, but that the believer wants us, they wants him to search this heart. Why? I think there are a number of reasons for that as far as David was concerned. And I don't think they're very far from your experience or mine. Why? Because maybe it is the case that we really want to be honest with God. However much a struggle it is, however much we would want to keep from him, even although we know that he knows everything, Yet I think that there is something that comes in through the sanctifying influence of the Spirit of God that makes us tell all. Don't hide anything. Maybe that is the practice of our lives as we interact one with the other. Maybe there are many things that we wouldn't want to tell other people about. We want to people to see us as, you know, in a, in a light that is maybe glossier than it actually is. But when it comes to God, we come to that stage in our experience, I believe, when we know fine not only can we hide anything from God, but we want God to search out our hearts. If we are really honest, and if we really want to go down that road, that we want to be more and more like unto Christ, then the action of the Spirit of Christ would be upon us in such a way that we would confess all. It may not be a pleasant experience. When you ask God to search your hearts, search them in a way that no one has ever searched them before, and to use the words to enlighten our minds we often use that expression maybe in our prayers but, you know to enlighten our minds about ourselves. that is a very difficult thing and maybe from an ego point of view 
a very dangerous thing. We talk about opening cans of worms. We haven't seen anything yet. And will you and I ask God to search our hearts? We are asking God to do a lot of digging. Not that he is to dig very far. But for our benefit he needs to. He needs to take and, as it were, bring to the surface all those things that you and I have maybe tried to hide away from and pretend they're not happening, but they are happening. We know how much the devil wants to accommodate your ways and mine. Yes, because the devil knows us as well. Oh, he doesn't know us like God knows us. But he knows us in a particular way. That he can wrap us around his little finger and cause us to do those things that we are asking God to reveal to us in order why? why? That we might be enabled by the Spirit of grace to flee from all that is an offence to Christ. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the Corinthians with regard to the Lord's Supper, I think I mentioned something of this recently, he said something that again is very significant. He said to all those who were going to partake of the Lord's Supper to examine ourselves. Now again, you and I know fine if we had experienced at all in the things of the Spirit of Christ, we know fine that our time of heart searching before coming to the Lord's table might be very flippant almost. When Paul says, you know, that we ought to, you know, search our hearts, What's he wanting us to do? Is to be honest before God who knows everything about us in the first place. So the psalmist hears in saying, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Reveal all. Now, as I suggest, it's not a pleasant experience to ask God to not only search you, but to expose to yourself and to myself what kind of heart have I really got? What integrity is there in my heart? What honesty is there in my heart? Yeah, time and time again we would want people to say good things about us. And yes, I'm sure we would want God at times to say good things about us. We want to be accepted before God. That is true. But at what price? At the price of hiding, trying to hide our sin from him. We know we can't do that. We've already said that. We cannot hide anything from God because God knows it all. He knows everything. He knows your heart and mine. Let me take it to a very almost trivial situation. 
we interact with many people day by day. And in that interaction, talking to people time and time again, we would want the people to whom we are talking to have an impression about what we are saying that would, as it were, satisfy our ego. We want to be liked. We want people to like us. And we will do and we will say things bearing in mind that God knows what is going to come out of our mouth before we even speak. But that's what we want to do. We want people to, as it were, respond to our every action in such a way that would bring glory to ourselves. What a good boy am I? This is what the devil would encourage us to think. Well, the psalmist, in all this heart-searching by God, is pulling no punches. He's not hiding behind some kind of religious activity that is just lukewarm, far from it. He knows what it's like to be searched by God. Psalm 51 reminds us of that. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Have mercy upon me. What does he acknowledge? My sin. He doesn't try at any point to hide the sin. He acknowledges the sin as ever before him. But more than that, against thee, thee only have I sinned in thy sight done this ill we can all look back on the psalmist and what he had done what great offence he had done but if the binoculars were turned the other way searing into our hearts what would we see what would be revealed the psalmist here talks about the hatred that he bears to those who hate God. And I believe that comes from an awareness of his own heart, his own decrepit heart. Listen to what he is saying. See if there be any grievous way in me, any grievous way, anything at all, not thinking of some sins more heinous than others. Theologically, that might be right. But sin is sin. Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. And when you and I ask God to expose our hearts before us, would we like to put a proviso in it? Would we like to say to God... I don't mind admitting my guilt, my sin, my thought, sinful thoughts, the language that comes out of my mouth, the heinousness of my lips. Don't mind that. But please, God, don't tell anybody else. That's the way that we would like it to be. But it doesn't always happen that way. Nathan the prophet was used by God 
to expose David. And Nathan said, Thou art the man. And God is saying to you and to me, and yes, it would leave us running scared, frightened. And when we think of God being a just God, a holy God, a, ca a God who cannot look upon sin lightly, then surely we are very ready to say, My God, Lord, and my God, when you come into the position of confession, See if there is any, yes, grievous way in me. We all want perfection. We know that. We would love our days in this earth to be full of holiness. That's what Peter says. That be ye holy, for I am holy. And then you ask yourself, how can I even say I am holy? When I know my heart, and I know God who is just and holy, he knows my heart as well. How am I going to deal with this? How am I going to cope with it? Day after day, we have a conscience crisis. But thanks be to God. He doesn't leave us gazing into a blackened soul. Not that at all. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And then lead me in the paths of righteousness. David knows. You and I know. At least we know theologically. And maybe at times we know experientially. But that's all that we want. It's not that we want people to like us. That's what's most important. We want us to be in the way that the Lord would want us to be. I am the way, says Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And what better way would there be than to be walking in the way that Jesus would have us go? But he doesn't think to himself, the psalmist is not thinking to himself here, that he is something within himself that has the ability to walk in the path of truth and of righteousness. No, oh, and you can read many of the other psalms that speak, and we've sung some of them already, that speak so clearly of who's going to do it. Left to our own devices, what would happen is we would fall into the same wicked way again, covering up our sin, pretending that we're not as bad as people might think us to be. For David, he wants God to lead him. Because he knew the path that he would take, he would wander again. Is that not what the man was professing, as I mentioned earlier on? Who said, Lord, I believe. He is making profession of faith. He believes in God. And you and I could say the same thing without even a troubled conscience, maybe, that we do believe in God. 
But that's not the whole story. There's more to it than that, isn't there? Because we cannot stay, as it were, in the roundabout. We've got to move on in the path of truth and of righteousness. And God is the one who will lead us. He will guide us. And he will, according to his own promise. He will redeem us to himself. Now whatever was troubling David's heart and mind over the whole exposure in this psalm about himself, very honest and everything. And it's a psalm, I'm sure. As one writer, I think it was J.C. Ryle, that said, you know, it's the kind of psalm that should be in our minds the moment that we wake up in the morning. Asking God to search us. Accepting that God knows all about us. That we cannot hide from him. He is our shield. He is our defender. Search me, O God. It almost sounds pitiful, doesn't it? But it's not. Here is a man full of the vibrancy of the Spirit of Christ in his own heart. And he knows his own heart, but he knows God knows it more and better. And more than that, he pleads with God that those areas of my life, maybe we have tried and tried and failed. We cannot get past certain junctures in their experience, certain things that let us down time and time again. But we can ask God to lead us in the way everlasting. The broad road leads to destruction. The narrow way leads to life everlasting. Can we all say that we are on the narrow way? Are we on the right way? Are we willing to accept the all-seeing eye of God, the omnipresent nature of God, in everything that we say, do and think? God is there. David wanted his heart and life to be searched. If he wanted to be anything like his saviour, if he wanted to be anything like the God who made him and created him in the womb of his mother, then he had to accept the full knowledge that God had of him and the way that God is willing to lead him in the way everlasting. Shall we pray? O Lord, our gracious God, in many things of life we are tested. But the greatest test of all is coming to an acknowledgement that what we are and who we are before a thrice holy God who sees everything about us and who sees the end from the beginning, who calls upon us daily, come, take up your cross and follow me. Lord, help us, we pray thee then, to acknowledge that in him alone 
we are greatly privileged. We thank thee for our time together around thy word. Take away from us anything that has been said that would be an offence to thy truth. We pray that thy people here and those online and all thy people everywhere would know the leading hand of God, the assured love that he will not leave them nor forsake them. Go before us then. Take away all offence, loving us in Jesus. Amen. Now we're going to sing in Psalm uh, 139 in the Sing Psalms version. Psalm 139 139b and singing from verse 1 to verse 10 (coughs) sorry Lord you have searched my life and know my heart you search me And you know me through and through. You know me when I sit and when I rise. And from afar my thoughts are known to you. And so on to verse 10. Psalm 139. Lord, you have searched me.
And now may grace, mercy and peace from Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon and remain with you and with all the Israel of God.